Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm talking about straining for that logo on the side of your helmet and not the name on your back. Yes, sir. Because we know what it represents. It represents everybody here you see and everybody you can't that we've talked about. I'm here to strain with you, man. I swear to God I'm here to strain with you. Let's go. Everything you got, strain with everything you got. Let's go. Bills on three. One, two, three. Bills. You're listening to the Off Tackle with John Fita Show with your host, Joe Miller. Well, what is going on, everybody? Welcome. Welcome, everybody, into the Off Tackle with John Fina Show with your host. That is me, Joe Miller. You can find me on Twitter at Joe Miller Wired. And just for this show, I changed my name to Mr. Overreaction because of what happened on Saturday. Not that I was overreacting, but people like are all up in my mentions. People are kind of not angry at me, but it's just, yeah, it's uh, there's just a lot of people overreacting. So I'm tonight for this show. I'm going as Mr. Overreaction, but it's Joe Miller. And that guy over there is Mr. John Fien himself, who, by the way, suit up, bro. We made it. Well, if you think it's a disaster right now, which I don't, um, then if you suit me up, it'll be a catastrophe. We're going to call you and uh, Jerry O off the bench. Like, come on it's it's between the two of us you have half a football player it's the uh it's the old back to school the the diving scene at the end Reese melon come on we need you yeah we need you (laughs) the triple lindy the triple lindy yeah (laughs) that would be bad but welcome everybody into the show on the buffalo i don't know if i said it or not the buffalo rumblings vidcast network you know what that intro as much as it I put it together and that song and the intro to this, like the whole Kyle Williams locker room speech, it always gets me fired up. Does that get you? I think I've asked you this question before. Does it get you fired up? Yeah. I mean, you know, how many locker room speeches have I heard in the course of my career, but uh, it is a good one for sure. That's my follow-up that. So like how many, there's so many times that you see like the main dude, Jordan Poyer or, josh or somebody like in the middle like totally losing their mind and then you've got like the four or five guys like right there with them and they're like yeah yeah and then there's the other dude in the back that's just like whatever (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think as offensive linemen you know you try to stay a little bit more even keeled so you're not trying to fly off the handle get get too excited you know too too much rage celebration so to speak you know more of a surgical in our approach to everything so anytime an offensive lineman gets emotional, they end up doing something stupid outside of their, their technique outside of their, you know, your job on the field. You end up looking like uh, you know, a lunatic running around in circles. I think what's funny, and I'm, I'm literally thinking about this right now, but when you look at the definitions, you know, offense, defense, and what everybody does, the only true defensive players in the league are the offensive linemen. You guys are the only one, like holding territory everybody else is attacking you guys are like no 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 can't come in here can't come in here and everybody else is like 
I want to get in there. Right? Yeah, there, there's a great meme out there that says that the offensive line position in American football is the only sports position where your sole job is the protection of others. Right. Which right. Pretty cool. That is pretty cool. But welcome, yeah. everybody, into the show. John and I have already gotten kind of started. We're going to talk about this uh, football game uh, that happened on Saturday, as I said yesterday, you know, as preseason games go. It was one, right? Um, thank you to everybody that's climbing into the chat, into the comment section. If you are watching on a different platform besides YouTube, please jump over to YouTube. And from there, you can super chat John. You can ask him a question if you've got a comment, specifically offensive line or any other type of football-related, Buffalo Bills-related, even to his past as far as when he played, stuff like that. He loves to take questions. But, uh, yeah, John, let's just let's just get into it, right? Where are you at on that football game? Because this is not a oh well, well, oh well. Uh, you know what? I brought I I listened to the better part of your show last night, the beginning of the overreaction pod, and you brought up a, a point that that really made a lot of sense to me. I get it; it's preseason, mm-hmm. you know. But you're supposed to go out there as a professional with a vast degree of pride, and you know y- you got to put a better product on the field if for no other reason than just to represent yourself in front of your teammates and your coaches and yourself. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think w- th- there was some failure at that. Mm. Uh, and of course, what happens is you get a little bit of performance that's underwhelming and then everything else gets nitpicked, mm-hmm. right? So if it's offensive line, you transfer that same thought from Spencer Brown or Deion Dawkins and you start just discriminating against every single technique used by every other offensive lineman. Yeah. So, you know, it's a snowball effect. You're protecting yourself as much as you are your teammates. Um, By and large, that was the most disappointing thing. I've been in a lot of preseason games. We used to have five back when I started with Buffalo, which was too, too many. And they're they're kind of a miserable experience. But the problem, another problem, another issue that I see, which has actually kind of resonated through last season and somehow they have to fix, is our team doesn't start fast. Mm. You know, Mm -hmm. we talk Mm -hmm. about get on them quick, get ahead of them quick, and beat the crap out of them. Get up, get fast, and go. And then, you know, make their heads spin a little bit and say, oh, how the hell did this happen? And it seems as if they're really, uh, as a whole, you know, I don't get this this feeling from Josh Allen mm-hmm. uh, that, you know, it's kind of a preseason game. We'll just kind of muddle our way through it. But that attitude translates. Yeah. And it doesn't translate well. Yeah. I think what's interesting is, and you, you see it every time the Buffalo Bills lose a preseason game now, it's like, Somebody is on Twitter, Facebook, someplace going, well, Marv Levy in the Super Bowl years, they didn't win a preseason game the whole time. And normally it's like, you're right, they didn't. But they never look like that. And I saw that on Twitter. I think that's the point, Joe. I yeah, think like, that's the point. Literally, so when I was in high school during the Super Bowl run, uh, I lived in Florida, and I would spend my summers here at Lime Lake in, New- in Buffalo, in the southern tier of western New York. And every year, my going home kind of like last thing that I would get to do is I'd get to go to like the first home preseason game. And then like my flight would be the next day or the day after that. And every year that we did that, you guys would take the field, zip right down the football field, like a breeze going through the stadium, score a touchdown, and then you were done. And then all the backups went in and lost a football game. You guys look, you guys always were fine tuned 
even back then it was incredible. Uh, yes. And of course, here's another issue too, is, you know, the propagation of good and bad feelings because of our social media, right? So you can latch onto an idea that was never really your own mm. and you have a platform for it and then it spreads, right? Mm -hmm. Somebody who hasn't formulated an idea, somebody who's just feeling out oh, what the hell, it's just a preseason game is now in a position where they're getting a little angry. They're, you know, they're getting hammered from social media. And then there are some pretty good takes out there reviewing film. It just exacerbates this, I, I don't know, uh, bad taste in your mouth. And mm -hmm. you start questioning things before it's even started. Right. I'm, so I guess what I would say is, as you were Mr. Overreaction, <laughs> let's underreact a little bit and, and just soberly take a few things into account. And what I would initially address, as everybody wants to, is the tackle position. Yeah. Um, it's curious to me that from last year to this year, with uh, just a compendium of film to review, that there haven't, hasn't been a significant amount of coaching and changes to players who are extremely talented. Mm. Um, you know, I've, I've openly talked about the fact that I think Spencer Brown is, is a really nice looking athlete mm -hmm. who may or may not have some of his bend hindered from back surgery. I don't know. Right. Yeah, that's only, that's a question only he and his, his trainers can answer, but there are things that you can do and still play a little bit high and, mm -hmm. you know, not be bending. He, is, he doesn't keep a good squareness to the line. Uh, all of that length, right? I mean, from where I'm sitting, he can reach over and open my door. It's 10 feet away. <laughs> but all of that length is negated unless you are playing in a position with your hands, just reaching out, right? Right, right. Never mind a strike. Keep the length. Pass pro, you want to be long. Run blocking, you want to be tighter. And it, it's just, it's a confidence thing, Joe. I'm not just going to just say, oh, it's just as easy as doing it because sure. it isn't. Sure. Right. You every time you throw, and I have my I have conversations with both of my sons about this because they play tackle. When you extend, you're at risk because those hands go down, and you're in a you're in crisis mode. Mm. However. It's a little bit like, uh, you know, belief and faith. Mm. You have really got to sell out because when you start doing this kind of bear hug technique, you put yourself in a position, a big guy like Spencer Brown gets lifted off the ground a little bit. His inside foot loses its uh, hold and he's turned inside. Mm -hmm. He's already opening the hip on the outside. So I'm just, not, I just don't get it in so far mm. as when I played, with the big O in the comments, what's up, Jerry O? I mean, we did real technique work. Mm -hmm. uh, whether you liked your coach or not, he was plying a technique. I don't know. Are they too restricted by the amount of time that the PA allows them anymore? Uh, there's always a really, mm -hmm. really difficult proposition to coach somebody who's a made person right. you are in the nfl you're a made guy you're like the mafia nobody's telling you what to do unless you're coachable mm. so th there's there's definitely a lack of coaching lack of time of coaching or a lack of belief from the player mm -hmm. right and that's a huge deal belief from the player uh so i don't i don't get it i mean i see the same things in that film as i saw last year things that you know he can he could fix 
not to say that he can't. Not to say that he can't get better. I, I still don't like Josh's drops. He had a numerous drops in the game uh, the other day. There were over nine yards. Can't do it. Sorry. We yeah. Fight. We fought that battle. He's going to do it. Uh, he's going to expect to get hit. Dion puts me in a little bit of a, a different position, though, because here, here's something. His his footwork is unconventional. You've How's said that, that before. Yep, you've said that before. Yep. Um, his hands, he does this, this very curious thing with his left arm where he keeps it low. And typically, he brings it up pretty quick. But the problem with that is the mentality of the defensive lineman. As I'm scouting film, I'm looking for weaknesses among players, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm looking for things that they don't do well or that I can take advantage of. And I think when you see sets like that, whether you go out and destroy, whether I go out and destroy Joe Miller anyway, the fact is when you're preparing, you're looking at that film and saying, wow, this guy's all over the place. I mean, mm -hmm. his, his right foot is back when it ought to be forward. He doesn't have a classic kick step. Um, he doesn't have a classic strike. He is a good athlete. Okay. Deion Dawkins is a good athlete and he does really well in recovery, mm -hmm. but I think mentally he gives somebody a chance to think. Mm. Interesting. I have several questions, um, and I love where you're going. And I'm content, believe it or not, to sit he sit here and just let you talk because you're dropping quite a bit of wisdom and knowledge. <laughs> you're the only one. <laughs> no, it's not true. People love this show for literally the last seven minutes that you were talking. That's the reason people love this show. Um, is it hard? And I asked this question on my show. I said I was going to ask you, is it hard to have takeaways or to study that film? I know that there's plays that were on film. I know that, like, well, we still got plays in, regardless of 13 penalties. But there's something to be said for momentum, for getting into a rhythm. Like, when you're starting and stopping, starting and stopping, starting and stopping so many times to the point where it's ridiculous. There were 13 called or allowed penalties. That's not even the penalties that weren't accepted, right? There was a ton of penalties. Is there any way to evaluate that film? Is there, I mean, it's, it's one know. rep, yeah, it's I, one I, rep I, at a time. I, I'm laughing because I agree with you 100%. It's like your golf game. You're playing in a mm, scramble, mm. right? Dan Freddy's like taking a nine on the hole ahead of you. And you, you can't get caught up and you just lose your rhythm. We used to laugh back in the 90s because we always felt that when we were going well, all of a sudden the guy with the orange mitt would come out. It was a TV timeout. Oh. We're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. You know, that's that it felt like the they were in cahoots. So definitely for sure. Um, and uh, to your point, like one of the things that I think Josh can work on, Jerry brought it up. We talked about it yesterday. He does have a tendency. I, I don't care if he drops to 12 yards, but once he gets there, his first move should be stepping up to get into that eight yard range. Mm -hmm. And there were two instances yesterday where he tried to bail the pocket before stepping up mm -hmm. and, I know at least on one of them, if, and maybe two, if memory serves, he had clearance to step up to eight, seven, six yards. But what he chose is to, was to bail out. I think right. a lot of people see it, that as a tendency with him. He's a big, strong guy. At that range, you're going to get dragged down. You're not going to take a huge hit to the legs. Somebody might reach out and paw at you a little bit. Josh is going to be okay. Right. Step up. If you're going to drop to 10, step up for two. If you're going to drop to 11, step up three. Get to eight, get to seven, help those guys out. That being said, the guys on the edges have their issues as well. I think it's interesting because there's a technique and a script and it's, you know, it's the golf swing, right? So you've got like, there's a, there's, 
where your head is supposed to be, where, where your hips are supposed to be when the hands are at the bottom and where the club face is supposed to be. And you know what your arms are doing in your backswing and yada, yada, yada. So, there, and, and there's, there's these relatable things to the QB position and you're talking about a lot of that, what you're supposed to do, step up, you know, climb the pocket. We've always seen quarterbacks climb the pocket when the edges are coming around to them and they just basically sneak out of pressure and then they complete a pass or do what they got to do. Jo- hang on a second. Josh, on the other hand is an off script player. He's not a guy that necessarily does what the rule books. He's Jim Furyk, right? Jim Furyk has that weird little hitch or used to, I don't know if he's still playing or not, but he has that little waggle at the top of his swing. It's like, that's not right, but it works. Yeah. Okay. So I agree with you. The, the thing that, that, that you didn't say that you meant to say was you have, you have two better op, You have three better options by going forward than you do bailing out to the outside. Right. Sure. And the first option is you still see the field and in that half second or second that you're stepping up, you know, somebody in the curl comes open and it's not a hard throw mm-hmm. insofar as it's not a 40 yard throw. Right. Right. The second option is now you're running it toward the line of scrimmage. Somebody might click your heel and you've got a three yard sack or a four yard sack. All right. We could survive that. We can go to third and 13, third and nine, second and 14, whatever it takes. Second and 19, third and 20, third and 18. Those suck, like <laughs> really suck. Okay. Right. Right. And then the, uh, the, the, the third option, you could throw it away. You, you've got, you've got vision. You've got a little bit of space. You've probably got a running back right over there in the flat. You've probably got somebody in a curl or somebody on an out route. You can speed that ball to the ground, pass the line of scrimmage, and make it look really, really good. Yeah. So those three options you lose when you bail out the backside. The problem is, is I feel like Josh, when he bails out, it's a cheat code because generally speaking, he gets out on the edge to his left or his right and finds somebody 22 yards downfield that's streaking for the sideline that's open. Like and it's 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 a move that not many players, quarterbacks in the, in the NFL can can accomplish or can execute or even do with their body. I mean, we don't even necessarily now. So what? yeah, but it, you know, just the the panic and the heartache and the fear that we all endure as fans. <laughs> I, I'm asking him to do it for me. <laughs> Practically speaking, yeah, I can't take another aneurysm and and three uh, right. MYIs. You know, right, uh, right. cardiac infarction. I just can't take it. Just step up, step up in the pocket. I think another piece of this too that, and you know, this is just a fun conversation we're having, and and I want to talk about the offensive line in a second, like in a little bit more detail. I've got a question for you, but you know, a lot of us played football. Very few of us played at the level that you and Jerry played, right? So there's a there's a measure of understanding what it feels like to look through a to a through a face mask, and I just wonder how much he can actually see, right? I I remember when I was a kid, you, you don't even see those bars anymore. You, you, right. I, I remember when I, was, well not... when I was a kid, the helmet was so big. I remember, like, I still have pictures of the helmet in my head of what it looked like. Like, the, the helmet seemed like it was dark helmet from Spaceballs. It was so big. I could barely see anything because the helmet was so big. It no. seems like it, it, it seems like he can just see things. Well, you're not, you're not typically losing, using your periphery so much, right? So if you're a quarterback and you're working the right side of the, the, the route tree, on the offense, mm-hmm. you know, if something bad happens over there, you know, I mean, Josh is a smart guy. He knows he's got a drag coming back. That's his last option, but his head's going to move. No, I, I there, there's no issue with that. Gotcha. gotcha. Now, as, as it pertains to the offensive line, um, 
Penalties, penalties, penalties. Obviously, we're more, in my opinion, the problem than maybe a couple bad plays, a couple bad technique plays. I don't feel like the offensive line. I thought Connor McGovern was getting run a little bit in social on social media the last two days. I felt like he played a pretty solid game. He was cleaning up the pile. He bodied some guys. Like yeah. I thought he played okay. Like there was one. I saw one tweet out there that was like, "Get that guy out of here too." Now Mitch Morris was solid, right? Uh, Osiris Torrance I thought played well. Um, so okay, I, I'm I'm gonna you know for the point that I have to get off to practice later. I I see where you're going with yeah, this, and yeah. I like where you're going because I I looked at the film and in its entirety, as far as the offensive line goes, it was fair. It was good on the mm-hmm. inside three. I thought Connor McGovern played played pretty well. Mitch Morse was solid. Mm-hmm. I thought that um, Vandermark looked pretty good. I thought Osiris Torrance looked really good. I didn't key in on Bates too much. And if we're talking about depth, right, they just signed a kid from the, I don't even know what the, the league is called anymore, the World XFL League. Um, but if you look a little deeper into that film, and I don't want to sound like a hometown guy here, but Bruno's old teammate from UCLA, Alec Anderson, got reps at both center and right guard. And if you go back, take a look at how he long arms. Take a look at his extension. His timing, he did, and I know Jerry is just going to get so excited to hear this. He had a couple of plays on pass pro, and I we didn't teach it back then. I never did it. But instead of a, a two-hand punch, you know, go one-two, inside-outside, whichever comes first he's a resource. I, I would not be shocked if he makes his team and makes the active roster. Mm, I thought mm. Vandermark looked good. I said that already. Mm-hmm. Um, but going back to what we said, I, you know, a number of penalties calls your attention to that player. And then you start dissecting it. I brought it up because I just look at where, where are the changes from last season? Mm. That, that's what I was going with. Do I have a, a, a lot of concern? I would say my concern is is at the right tackle spot right now. Mm. I think, and, and if you go, if you get past the first drive and you watch Deion Dawkins on the second drive, it looked like he cleaned it up a little bit. Um, is insofar as his sets were concerned, but it is still a very unconventional pile of footwork. Jerry Strowski, McGovern is like vanilla pudding, satisfying. Yeah, nondescript. <laughs> Jerry, I love your image, man. Is that Owen? I love it. Isn't Owen's that gonna, Owen's going to be a starter for the Tulsa Hurricanes this year? So I know you NFL lovers on our podcast uh, don't often look for uh, college football to watch, but if Bruno Fina keeps that starting left tackle position at UCLA, check out a couple of Bruins games, and if you're going to watch the Tulsa Hurricanes, look out for Owen Ostrowski. He's he's. I got to tell you, I was texting with Jerry yesterday. He gave me his, his specs, and I was like. Man, he sounds like Sean Moran. I mean, the size, the build. So, and if he's got a motor like Sean and maybe some lunacy like Sean Moran, then, you know, he could be a guy. Let's side, go. Let's talk a little bit about. Wait, linebacker. wait, wait. Oh, side, I got to get the sidebar because you brought up just body type and size. Um, I will never forget sitting in the stands in my season tickets, like where mine and my dad's seats are. Looking down, we're on the visit. I think we we're on the visit. I can't remember where we were. I could, I could, maybe we were on the Bills side. I, I just remember looking down at the field and seeing Jerry Crafts and how big that dude was. Did you play with Jerry? Oh, I played with Jerry. Jerry was 
as big as Ted Washington was, Jerry was bigger. But anyways, sorry. <laughs> I apologize. I just for you you talked about just yeah, body type and stuff and I just got a picture Speak of, of Jerry the devil, Krabs in my head. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, you know, and and look, somebody was uh was uh, body shaming Deion Dawkins after my post uh yesterday or the day before. Mm. And uh, you know what? fine i mean we got one guy in our chat who all he ever says is draft fat guys and then you know you you got a fat guy and then you're gonna call him out for being fat i mean he's an offensive lineman they can't all look like i can't think of his name the guy that played at dallas uh, they can't all look like spencer brown that dude they, is they like they can't all look it. like spencer brown either maybe that's uh, the problem maybe he needs to get some fat on his body yeah <laughs> come on over to my house spencer i'll feed you up right so question um i can't imagine uh i i don't think i've ever seen and i can't imagine that maybe it's happened and maybe it means nothing but is there something to in your opinion the guy that is supposedly right now the starter at middle linebacker replacing tremaine Edmonds comes out with the starters is getting worked in that football game i'm speaking of terrell dotson and then ends up playing in the fourth quarter like to me that is something that i said yesterday like we may have just witnessed a demotion in a preseason. Yeah, game. I heard you say that. And, and without being in the locker room, it's really hard to, to, to understand what the reasoning for putting him back in the game was. Um, but I, I'm all for it. I mean, let's let's be honest. Uh, when it, when I when I started at left tackle my first year, the other four were out, and Bresnahan was like, "You're in. You're well, in, that's, baby." Nobody was injured. You're talking about injuries, right? No, 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 no. no. I'm talking about preseason. The first, the front five goes out. Yep, yep. All the experienced guys, one series, and they were out. They're done. Yep. But I needed the reps. Okay, so, gotcha. So, so you could be putting them in there uh, with the understanding that later in the game they're going to run the ball, get your mm. run keys better. You can read into it all you want. You might be right. I mean, I, I think like if I'm Terrell Dodson and I want to own that position and I want to beat out Williams and Bernard or whoever the that's you know, him. Yep. He, and, yep. On my heels, Spectre and, and Klein and whomever else. I want to be on that field, man. I want to own that position. There's just something I it was just it was just a weird. I mean, even the announcers were like, uh, this is strange. You know what I mean? Like it was just it was just very odd to see him back in the game. Um, just because you know, you're potentially putting him at risk as far so as you, so you're banking on the announcers now. Give me the, no, the I'm not, a, I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> I'm just playing. <laughs> There's just sometimes they say something and you're like, that is peculiar now that I think about it, but it, yeah. it was just odd and it was peculiar. I thought Gabe Davis had a good, I'm really, so I feel like the work that Brandon Bean has done in the wide receiver room, uh, is going to put us in a position this year to really be successful, it, you know, I'm going to say it provided Josh can stay on his feet and get the ball delivered, mm -hmm. which I believe he can, um, whether it's Sherfield, the draft pick and shorter, um, obviously Hardy. I'm interested in Andy Isabella. I'm interested in seeing the battle between Khalil Shakir and whoever he's battling against to keep his, his spot on the roster. I thought Gabe played well. Like he was, that was reminiscent of Gabe Davis two years ago, that little toe tap that didn't count. Like it was, it was something to watch. I, I don't disagree with you. I, 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 you know, I have this tendency just to zero in on the uh, interior and watch the offensive linemen and without end zone film or, you know, without end zone film, I end up watching offensive line plays three to five times just mm -hmm. to decipher what's going on. Sometimes, you know, I pass up on the less talented positions at wide receiver and running back and things of that nature. But my overall impression was there was a sense of urgency. 
mm-hmm. among everybody that that got out there to get a rep. And I think that is a carryover from camp that the message is there are positions open. Go mm-hmm. take them. Oh. Right. Did you, did you hear Sean's uh, halftime interview? I did not. Cynthia Freeland, who works at the NFL Network, asked him two questions, and they were very good questions. And the first question was just about all the penalties and all the stuff that's going on and, like, the problem that it's become, and he he addressed it. And then he said, he or she asked him the question, you know, what is the takeaway for the non-starters from what has, like, what they watched in the first half? And he was like, they've got a shot. And I was like, wow. Like, that was, that was something. <laughs> <laughs> they've got a shot to go out there and earn themselves a position because this is not going well basically huh. is what he inferred or just flat out said so it's unfortunate that you not that you did not catch that from him but did you did, so uh did you get you said you watched the film you watched the, the whole entire i don't think you watched it live correct because it was no i couldn't watch it live i listened to it on the on the radio i listened to eric wood and and then uh, it came up on the all 22 so um Something in the chat, Jerry. I, I think somebody said I took a shot at Jerry O. I don't think I took a shot. It was at Jerry Crafts. Yes, you did take a shot at Jerry Crafts. Yes. Not Jerry O, but yeah. I didn't take a shot at Jerry Crafts other than that was <laughs> that was a big dude. Oh, apparently he's talking about another John, not you, John. Oh. Oh, oh, oh. Uh so Let's all play nice in the chat. I am not watching the comment section either. Oh, but if people somebody, are not nice, well, let's call it out. Let's go back and call it out. Actually, I can probably make Jerry O a moderator right now, and Jerry O can solve this problem. <laughs> uh, Two seconds for me. Oh, I see. I see what he did. I see what he did there. Hey, you know, uh, slings and arrows, man. So listen. Jerry O, you are now a moderator, so you can now do whatever you'd like to do. <laughs> I think I think Jerry could take it. He knows the truth just as I do. Gotcha. Um, going back to what we were talking about with the linebacker position, it's all open, right? I think there's still a CB2 position. Well, probably closed down by Dane Jackson now, but you know Elam and and Benford really still need to progress and get better. I thought the secondary, the the, the safeties looked okay. Um, yeah, and you're talking about the middle of the field. You know, that's that's an exposure point for us. There's no question about it. Mm-hmm. Um, again, that also goes back to game planning, right? If if Pittsburgh has a tendency to expose the, the middle of the field a lot, we're going to be playing different coverages. Uh, when you play against um, Kelsey, you're going to play different coverages. You know, you got to be smart. Yep, yep. So, I mean, it doesn't concern me so much in the preseason, but I will say this. Uh, there was a play in the third, I think, third quarter where Williams, there was a, basically a drop a curl route at about eight yards, and Williams' reaction was just amazing. I mean, mm-hmm. his, his uh, explosion to get to the, to, the, to the receiver and make the tackle, it looked really good, looked very aggressive. I thought the front four looked aggressive at times uh, across the board from ones to threes and threes and a halves. So I was I was pleased with that. Um, the one not a lot, not a ton of pressure they brought defensively. I think they wanted to kind of do a, a straight eval, line up, show us what you can do, and um, you know I just wish that when ones are in the game in the preseason that they they just represent a little bit better. And you and it's yeah. again the penalties were were horrible. That that 
The one on Spencer Brown blocking the back on that screenplay. Uh, ticky tack. Yes, ticky tack. I mean, the guy was more or less going to the ground anyway. But, mm -hmm. you know, the problem with um, officiating is, you know, they just don't understand uh, leverage and direction. Yeah. I, uh, I said on the show as well, I I can't take credit for it. I, I read it. I don't remember who I read it from. Somebody on one of the social media platforms or in one of the articles commented about the fact that this was the first time the Bills offensive line has seen a 3-4 since last season. Uh, and with that, you've got TJ Watt and Cam Hayward on the other side. Do you, could you read into that as an offensive lineman, former offensive lineman at all, that it's like, okay, this is completely different than anything we've been practicing against for the last month and a half? Yeah, I heard you talk about that on um, on the show last night. And when you're at this level, I don't care if they come out in a 4-3, a 6-2, 6-1, a bear, or a 3-3, or a 3-4. In fact, I think offenses prefer a 3-4, a mm. you know, mm. with that space inside the guards. I know they're doing a little bit more with playing the ends on the inside eye. You know, you you have a little bit more opportunity to move your linebackers around and, and create some – distraction and disguise a few things with respect to zone coverages, who's coming, who's going. Um, but by and large, the, the front front five shouldn't have a problem with that. And I'll, I'll, I'll grant you this too. I mean, there were a number of instances where uh, Spencer Brown and Torrance did some really great recognition mm. on pressure coming off the edge where they were sliding out into space. Um, I see it all the time from obviously Mitch Morse because he's the quarterback of the O-line, but, you know, there were, I didn't see any glaring, holy crap, that, that's an assignment error problem. And minus that, you know, you could fix everything else. When you have assignment errors ha happening all the time, yikes. Mm -hmm. yeah. right? Let's, you know, uh, oh, sorry, go ahead. You, you, you don't want to see that. That puts you in a position of, and, and this goes back to my earlier point too. What is the function now of an NFL offensive line coach? Are you a technique coach or are you just an installation guy? Right. So if you go in and say, hey, you know what, my guy, they, we don't have time to coach technique. These guys are already pre-made when we got them. They got to get better on their own. We don't have the mm -hmm. time to coach it. But damn it all, they're not going to make assignment errors. We're going to know every blitz pickup. We're going to know every adjustment. We're going to see nickel turn into dime. We're going to see dime going back to regular. Mm -hmm. And we're going to be on the right guys. So uh, it's hard to know without being without being available, a fly on the wall in the locker room. There was one play in particular, and then I'll, we'll move to Dalton Kincaid, and then we'll be done because I know you've got to get off the football practice. Um, so there was one play where Dalton Kincaid uh, chipped his guy and then ran a little curl route out, and it put Deion Dawkins in a position where he was racing to the edge backwards. Do you remember? Do you know? The, do you remember the play that I'm talking about? If you don't, yeah. Uh, well, the problem with that is it, uh, DD got off the ball late. Look okay, that's again. what I was wondering. But he's yeah. also he he is encroaching the line of scrimmage like no left tackle in football. Even Spencer Brown is a, like a yard and a half further back than he is. He's So you've got Mitch so, Morse, so right? Two, you've, two, I understand what you're saying. Connor McGovern, and then like Deion Dawkins is like parallel with Mitch Morse. I'm like, what is happening right now? So two schools of thought, right? So I, I Deion Dawkins likes to do a deep soft set, right? He's more comfortable going vertical gotcha. than he is uh, you know, he, I think he just likes to keep his feet moving, likes to keep a rhythm and likes to get to that inflection point on the rusher. Gotcha. Okay. So if he's closer on the line, he feels like, you know, he can take that deep set. 
Whereas if he's already lined up at the maximum he can without being in the backfield and he still takes that deep set, then he, then he's just giving up too much, too much of a underneath play. So you don't, you don't see Dion get beat underneath that much. And that mm. might be why. Mm. Gotcha. It was just interesting. So, so you feel like he got a late, a late break. It, it, it felt like no, he, 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 dev- he missed the count. He, yeah, he was like coming it. off the ball. I, I watched it. I said, what the hell is he doing? And he okay, just, gotcha. gotcha. I wasn't sure because was he stepped inside to chip the guy the guy on his right uh, that was on the inside and then tried to make it back. I wasn't necessarily sure. So uh, before we get to Dalton Kincaid, we do have a super chat. Uh, John, thank you so much for the super chat. Appreciate you being a part of the show. John Fina, as a player, do you all get the feel that a, that a team of refs are going to be hard calling certain penalties? Uh, against the Buffalo Bills, no, it feels like it, right? When it's your team, but they are, they're, they're going to, they're just going to keep going after the DBs on the I mean, they're, they're just relentless on that. And the reason is, you know, the NFL sells more tickets when the games are 42 to 35 and not 10 to three, right? This is an offense driven league. They want to keep the DBs a little fearful and keep them off. Uh, beyond that, I don't think that the holding penalties, offensive line holding penalties are um, any more than they were in the past. It's hard mm-hmm. to say. The, mm-hmm. the, it, I don't think it helps the tackles that the umpire is now back with the referee. Mm-hmm. I think if there's an uptick in holding penalties on tackles, it's because the umpire is now behind. Whereas before, you know, between the linebackers, it was much harder for him to see the tackles mm-hmm. and any – light infractions because offensive tackles don't hold unless they're playing against us well if we're being honest the holding penalties they called were legit and you can't let a, a false start penalty go and there was a lot of them there was a <laughs> lot of false start penalties across the line the tight ends every Quentin morris i think had one like i think well you're always going to call that you're always going to call movement penalties you're always yes. going to call formation penalties yes um the one change that i do agree with that uh you know if the if the defensive line jumps a little bit and then pulls back, it's still on the D line, right? You're inciting uh, offsides. Um, so I think that was a good development. That must have happened back in the 90s. It's not always called perfectly well, but that it exists, you know, there is a chance. Did you, uh, I saw a stand up comedian talking about points. He was talking about soccer and like how nobody likes soccer because it's low scoring games, one to two, three to two, stuff like that. And he's like, you know, and then you got the NFL that everybody loves. He goes, but it's a bunch of made up numbers. He goes, sure, the score was. 21 to 14, but it was actually three to two. Wade, Wade Phillips said that because I love soccer. I grew up playing soccer, huge fan. I watch as much of the women's cup every four years as I can world cup. Yeah. And Wade Phillips said the same thing. He's like, they screwed up. They should have just made one goal three or six. And you know, if you want to make soccer more interesting, just widen the goal by about five yards and raise it by about, you know, three. Exactly. Uh, Let's but, uh let, go ahead. You're you, you, you love what you grow up with. And, yeah. and when I was a kid, my dad was friends with a British guy who came to Tucson. There was no soccer. He started the first soccer leagues and all the Finas got forced into it. So all the way down from Mark, I think even Christine played. We were uh, we were soccer fanatics. That's awesome. Let's wrap this show with Dalton Kincaid. We're, we're going to let you kind of just talk about what you saw, what you liked. He looked very good to me. So I got it. Yeah, I'll wrap that. I know. Thank you, Joe. I do. I do have to make traffic. Yep. Um, 
my other concern, and I want everybody to keep watching this, man, these 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 running plays with the bunches of little guys, you know, nearly inside the box still just baffles me. We didn't have a lot of success with them last year. It creates a counting problem and it creates a matchup problem. And I saw it again and I'm just scratching my head, scratching mm. my head. Uh, Dalton Kincaid. I think we got something here. Mm. I think we got something here. I I hated him when he was at Utah. I mean, you know, I'm a Pac-12 guy, which no longer exists. Uh, but he was that guy. He was like that that sort of Kelsey type where, you know, he might have a quiet game and then bang, three in a row. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you've been, you know, you've been run up the seam and you don't know what to do next. You're like, holy crap, where'd he come from? You know, we slept on us. I don't think the Bills will use him like that. I think he's going to be a early primary weapon. That route where he, uh, you called it a chip. Mm-hmm. He just, you know, that was just a good stick. Mm. The DB just wasn't sure. And I think, that, you know, there was a little bit of respect. He was a little too close to him. Dalton made a really nice move. And then came right out of that little break, eyes up, ball there. Um, he's He's got a, a very refined skill set. Mm-hmm. It, it was a great pick. Yeah, I'm excited to see him play. But uh, John, thank you for all your insight. That was uh, that was really good. Just to kind of, I mean, for 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 a game that was not fun to watch, um, that I probably will never watch again. Uh, you know, it was it was great to kind of hear your take. So I appreciate that. Any final comments before I get us out of here? Yeah, I uh, I watch with great interest. Um, I love following everybody in the uh, in Twitter. I love all your takes. Uh, I try not to criticize people's opinions too much. Everybody has a different perspective or vantage point i appreciate you coming on to the show and and offering it up and give me a chance to to show you tell you what i think and joe i appreciate your takes man Uh, i like to keep it fun and friendly and until the game of football results ends cancer or feeds the hungry or you know (laughs) solves poverty it's an entertainment dollar so you get upset get upset a little bit but do what you can do Otherwise, it's entertainment. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been tuned in to the Off Tackle with John Fita show on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network. Please join us next week as we will also be going live at 8 o'clock following the uh, Buffalo Bills and Chicago Bears contest on Saturday, the last preseason game before the real football happens. Tomorrow, Code of Conduct, Jay Spencer King has Sal Capaccio. And then Wednesday is uh, the Humpty Hotline and Line the Game with Jerry Ostrowski and Sarah. But for me, for John, for Buffalo Rumblings, go Bills! Go Bills. Go Bills.